Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We're here to promote a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And we want you, the listeners, to join with us because we want you to be empowered to impact change and know the world around you to impact and change the world around you and as always you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey always a lot of ways to do that uh beginning here uh send us an email pastlorenzoneal at gmail.com uh if you want to get in live and let your opinions insights or whatever it may be uh known on the air you can do that by calling 347-237-5230 that is the number to call to get your thoughts on the air. We're also um, on Twitter at Prophesy and uh, Facebook page, uh, Zero Network Facebook page. And there's so many other ways, you know. However way you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with us. We just want to let you know we're glad. You know, last we we have been doing so well. You guys have been wonderful to us. And I just want to express my appreciation. I, I, you know, you're, you're you're making this show worth doing every every week we do it. Every chance we get, chance every opportunity we have to do it, you guys make it work. So keep listening. Keep listening to the archive shows going going far as back as 2010 uh, when we started this. Well, keep it up, uh, and you, you know, you give us a reason to go. So. Um, before we get any further, I got a lot I want to talk about, but we're going to go to the Lord in prayer and um, then get into our topics today. Father, we thank you again for another day's journey that we're glad about, for forgiveness of our sins that we have done by thought, words, deed against your divine majesty. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, and let it be glorifying to you and edifying to your people, liberating in Christ. We pray, amen. All right. Uh, 
So there's a lot going on. It is Black History Month. It is Mardi Gras season. It's a lot going on, and we're going to talk about it. But, uh, you know, hey, a lot of birthdays, too, I want to acknowledge later on. And we'll get to that. Uh, Arthur Ashe, Bob Marley, uh, so many other black history makers. Um, I, I want to say it's uh, what Natalie Cole. I think it's her birthday. It's either yesterday or today. Sometime this week, Rosa Parks was on Monday, and uh, of course, uh, you know, there's a new stamp uh, commemorating her, and so we'll talk about that too. Um, but let, let me just jump into this and congratulate uh, Ray Lewis and the Baltimore Celtics. Uh, Baltimore Celtics. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. The Baltimore Ravens. That just shows you how much of a football fan I am because it ain't the Saints. Now, if it was the Saints, I would not have gotten it wrong. But, you know, since it wasn't the Saints, I guess massacring a whole team. <laughs> Y'all forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. The congratulations to the Baltimore Ravens. Well, uh, champs for Super Bowl, whichever one it is. I, I don't even keep counting anymore. Since the Saints won, I, I just left to go, you know. <laughs> am I being biased on this show? I, I think I am being biased. No. Uh, now, I, I, I didn't catch the game. We were celebrating our Founders Day in Brookhaven, uh, Mississippi, uh, the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Uh, on 14th of February, uh, we observed the birth of our founder, Bishop Richard Allen. And uh, so we were having a service commemorating that. So I didn't really get to catch the the uh, entire uh, – but I did catch the latter part after the lights went out in the dome. Man, I tell you, I got – when I saw the lights were out in the Superdome, I was like, is this – well, it was a part of the halftime show. Did they extend it or something? I, yeah, I was like, wow, Really? And when the second, when the uh, third quarter really got, you know, uh, uh, San Francisco really got the momentum, I was like, okay, I guess they're going to pull it out, pull this win off. But they didn't. They they got the momentum and uh, it stalled out. And the Ravens managed to win. And uh, congratulations to them. I guess you can call it like a, uh, like, I guess I, I was saying this before, I was hoping not really hoping, but you know, you you want to have this Cinderella kind of ending, that that storybook ending, that movie kind of ending, and I guess you could say that's what happened to Ray Lewis. You know, he's going out on top. He's retiring in his prime. Well, not in his prime, but you know, he's retiring on top. He's going out with a Super Bowl win. Uh, I think that Michael Strahan did the same thing too with the Giants. You know, he re- when they had their Super Bowl win. He retired, and look at him now. He's acting. He's on uh, live with uh, uh, what's her name, lady? Y'all know who I'm. Kelly Ripper, I think that's it. Yeah, Kelly and Michael now, and you know he's commentator for NFL. So hey, you know he's doing that. Maybe Ray Lewis will get that opportunity. But you know what still haunts him, and 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 it was brought up. During during the, um you know as as the time progressed as time rolled on and they got closer to the Super Bowl and the Ravens when they won it that uh they in the AFC won the championship the issue came up about uh Super Bowl thirteen years ago where the two young men in Atlanta were killed and Ray was and some of his friends were indicted of murder but. All were eventually acquitted. I mean, 
not acquit. I think Ray. Uh, I have to go back and research, but I, I know he didn't do any jail time. He was able to uh, get probation. He paid a major fine. I know it's uh, well over two hundred thousand dollars that he was fined by the NFL, which was the biggest at that time. Uh, you know, biggest fine for non-drug related. And but what haunts? I'm sure what haunts him, and what definitely haunts the families of those victims is that the murder still hasn't been solved. So the murder still hasn't been solved, and and, and I, I can only imagine the grief. And you you think about those families. You know, here Ray Lewis is celebrating the victory, but it's kind of like stirring up those old wounds. You know, because I, I believe if I'm correct, either a year or two years later after that incident. They won the Super Bowl. The Ravens won their first Super Bowl uh, championship. And although Ray Lewis was voted the MVP, you know, he didn't get the chance to say, uh, you know how they win the win and, and you know, the MVP of the star of the show says, you know, ask the question, what are you going to do now? And they say, I'm going to Disney World. Well, he didn't get a chance to do that. They gave it to the quarterback guy. And, and uh, I can't remember the quarterback's name. But uh, – I remember that much, though. I, I do remember that he didn't get a chance to say that uh, because the wounds were still fresh. From you know, he had this bad boy image kind of thing going on. But but uh, so we say congratulations to uh, Mr. Lewis and his teammates, his coach. Now this is going to be interesting. <laughs> you know, you know, I I, I didn't realize that the, 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 there were two brothers, the the, the two. Um, how do you say their name? Uh, well, the head coaches for the 49ers and the Ravens are brothers, blood brothers, you know, and their father, you know. So it's going to be interesting, interesting uh, uh, reunion, I guess you could say. But nonetheless, congratulations to them. They celebrated big in Baltimore yesterday, and um, uh, one of my pastor acquaintances uh, was saying in the midst of the party, they still came to church, some of them. <laughs> So, congratulations to them. Now, I did not catch the halftime, but I show heard enough about it. And, you know, I, I think um, it was redemption. It was, it was redemption for uh, Beyonce. Beyonce got to prove she wasn't lip-syncing at the inauguration, which is a good thing. Of course, I, I, I didn't buy she was lip-syncing anyway, but for all those persons who were just so, so... Uh, Adamant about whether she was limb sinking or not, it was just it was just funny. So that show, along with uh, Kayla Rowland and uh, uh, Michelle Williams, I think that's her name, um, Destiny's Child reunion. Of course, Beyonce took the limelight. You know, I think uh, Destiny's Child was there more as her backup <laughs> than as a group, but. From what I understand, from what I read, uh, she she did well. And in the pictures I saw, she, Tina Turner, you know, showing off them legs, showing off the half naked. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I didn't watch it, you know. I, I guess I should be glad I didn't watch it. But uh, so it was a redemption story and and a, a wonderful, uh, wonderful storybook ending. Now Ray, Mister. Probably will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. He has to wait five years because uh, um, they they start. You can your first nomination comes five years after you retire. So he's retired. 
five years someone probably nominate him for the first time and who knows how many times it will be before he gets inducted but he sure is likely to get inducted into it so congratulations to um to them and like i said there's a lot of birthdays today um I don't want to get this wrong, but I think it is Arthur Ashe's birthday. Uh, I'm going to check that out real quick. But I know it's um, I know it's Bob Marley's. I know it's Bob Marley's birthday. Um, so happy birthday, Bob Marley! Uh, if you haven't gotten the chance to see the documentary Marley, y'all check it out. I mean, that is. It's a wonderful documentary. I've seen it several times, and I, I tell you, you know, it's really insightful to his life. And although uh, he was deeply religious regarding the Rastafari movement, uh, I mean, the, the prophetic and spiritual overtones in his music and lyrics are just outstanding. You cannot deny that this guy had some type of prophetic mantle on him, and it deeply affected um the Jamaican culture and of course uh the music culture and, and, and you know the, the world altogether. But uh it, it deeply it deep deeply uh changed changed the way um changed the way we, we view Jamaican <laughs> of course and um Rasta. You know, I, I know Snoop I was wrong. It was not I, I, okay. I, I just looked this up. Snoop Dogg, uh, Snoop Lion, or whatever he calls himself now, you know, as converted. I, I was wrong about Arthur Ashe. It's not his birthday today. Is the day he died? He died uh, died today in 1993. Of course, he died from from AIDS. Um, and uh, he is still the only black man to ever have. Warren uh, Wimbledon. He was the only, you know, and, and while we have, you know, we do have, while we do have the the um, the uh, Williams sisters and this young lady who just beat, I can't think of her name. Um, if I had been a little bit more prepared when I was going into this, um, uh, you know, uh, while we have them, women, uh, it, it's still a big gap. Still a big gap for men in that arena in, in, in tennis, and, and you know I, I think uh, men should. I think we should teach our black boys to investigate those type of uh, sports. You know, we had a, a in my in my uh, college, Arkansas Pine Bluff. We had a phenomenal tennis team and golf team. We just had. I mean, the golf team was was off. We had a wonderful coach, and uh, the tennis team was awesome. Matter of fact. I was exposed more to tennis being there because a lot of the black men played tennis. Uh, uh, I, I, one of my guests on the show, Richard Bullard, uh, Floyd Donald, uh, those guys played tennis. And, and, I mean, they did tournaments. I mean, these guys, and, and they weren't the only black men, but, they, you know, they were just, those were two that just come to my mind right off the top. Uh, these guys, they took a game serious. It was a very serious game. And, uh, you know, if I think... Uh, because, for example, like the president is, you know, he, he mentioned he mentioned last week that if he had a son, 
Uh, he wasn't sure if he'd allow his son to play football. He probably wouldn't let his son play football. And, you know, we we have to look into these alternative sports. You know, there there's other sports other than basketball and football for a young black man. And, you know, the SEC, the Southeastern Athletic Conference, uh, man, that conference is the biggest conference regarding sports, basketball and football. I mean, they get... Uh, they get these black kids, and like today is football National Football Signing Day, so there are a lot of kids that are going to be signing for colleges. And uh, one of the top seeds already said that he'd be coming to uh, University of Mississippi. And I'm I'm gonna look that up. Uh, it's not relevant, but uh, uh, it, it's relevant in that you know these kids are uh, being recruited heavily to these schools to play these you know play football. And, and basketball with hopes of making it big and someday becoming like Ray Lewis, you know, becoming that NFL star, that NBA star, making the multi-million dollar salary, the endorsements and all, you know, the lavish lifestyle. But the reality is, you know, a very, very small percentage of those guys actually make it. Uh, most never make it past the college level. And if they do make it past the college level, it's in some minorly professional, or they go overseas. And it is big overseas. Sports is big overseas, not American football, unless you go to Canada and you play in the Canadian League. And, but, you know, basketball, you can still play, you know, play go overseas and do fairly well for yourself and hope of coming back to the, uh, to the States and playing in the NBA. But, you know, parents, you need to probably investigate uh, – Alternative, you know, you know, other sports. I, 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 if I had a son, I would, I would channel my son's energy into other things. Uh, you know, what's becoming a, a, a major, major new um, game and, and interest for young black people, uh, p- particularly in New York and, and, and those, those urban areas in New York and Chicago. It's chess. Kids are playing chess. Black kids are playing chess. And they're playing chess good. There's a young lady who's already uh, uh, one of the masters. I mean, she's already a master in chess. And these kids, uh, uh, I'm going to find that up. Come to the break. And I know there's a chess uh, documentary done about that. But, you know, uh, just investigate. It sounds like I'm rambling a little bit, but, you know. We don't give our kids a lot of options, and when we don't give our kids a lot of options, you know, that, that plays into this sense of desperation and, 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 you know, that they think they can't do anything else but. But I digress. Listen, so we're going to be talking about today uh, black history, and now we'll be talking about black history, but particularly, more particularly, we'll be talking about myths of black history. What what do you mean by myths? You know, stories that ain't true, but we keep saying them. And uh, some of the things that um, we just ignore or just don't want to teach. Because Black History Month has become uh, too clean. Yeah, that's the way to put it. Too clean. Too clean. Too too clean, and and we want to only put the pretty stuff out there, and we want even the stuff that's uh, that are real happening. We we're gonna clean it up to make it uh, more socially acceptable. 
<laughs> yeah, I said it. So we're going to be talking about that, some of the myths of uh, black history, and, and we're going to be addressing some of these things, stories, uh, uh, non-stories, um, things of that nature that are about that. And uh, if we have time, we're going to talk about uh, a growing trend. And I don't really call it a trend, but a growing issue in the black community that uh, people don't even realize is happening or exists, and that's uh, black atheists. So we're talking about we're talking about all of that if we get the time to do so. But until uh, that time, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get back into our study uh, discussions on it, <laughs> or my rant, or whatever it is. I don't know what. Well, y'all just bear with me today, all right? <laughs> and we'll be back right after this. best tourism season in years. All because so many people wanted to visit us in Louisiana. They came to see us in Florida. Nice try. They came to hang out with us in Alabama. Once folks heard Mississippi had the welcome sign off, they couldn't wait to get here. This year was great, but next year is going to be even better. And anyone who knows the golf knows that winter is prime time fun time. Sun's out. The water's beautiful. You can go deep sea fishing for amberjack, grouper, and mackerel. Our golf courses are open. Our bed and breakfast have special rates. And migrating waterfowl from all over make this a bird watcher's paradise. So if you missed it earlier this year, come on down. If you've already been here, come on back to Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama. The Gulf's America's getaway spot, no matter where you go. So come on down and help make 2012 an even better year for tourism on the Gulf. Brought to you by BP and all of us who call the Gulf home. Good morning, freedom. Hello, adventure. Today is yours. To find your can-do spirit, your will-do strength. To chart new paths and rediscover old ones. Capability has found its versatility. Making all days and all terrains equal. Go ahead. Raise your hands. Lower your foot. Make pursuit of the unexpected unrelenting. Today is yours. To go find your power. And where you'll find it is within.
It's our favorite, yours and mine, because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere, ever. Because that wonderful bouncy roll around thing had made you play. And that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Beneful. Play. It's good for you. Everybody knows I like good things. And um so one of my friends um has a wonderful shop, uh the Glamorosity House of Fashion Boutique. It's located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It is the best place to find the, the best clothes for the woman in your life. Glamorosity House of Fashion, they offer uh, a wide variety and I do mean a wide variety of merchandise and, and they and they got the brand name stuff that they got stuff like Jessica Sesson, uh Betsy Carl uh Johnson, uh all, you know, all that other stuff. Y'all women know what you like. I don't know all that much, but they have good quality clothes at an affordable price and they cater to every size. They cater to every size, junior, miss, plus size, they name it, you name it, they got it. And on top of that, they're, they're divas, they know how to get you dressed and looking good at their, you know, at the low cost and you get the best quality. So, you know, instead of instead of getting chocolate and flowers for Valentine's Day, why don't you stop by shop and save at Glamorosity House of Fashion Boutique? If you want know you want to know where they are, they're they're in uh ninety six fifty six Burbank Street, Suite D in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So you can go by there, stop in and look at what they have. And I'm telling you, instead of getting chocolate that they're gonna so your girl's gonna eat, your wife is gonna eat, why don't you get her something she's gonna like and wear? Get her a purse, get her some a dress, get her a blouse, get her a, whatever you think is gonna look good and make you get good, you know, it's gonna get you in good. You need to go by there. That's Glamorosity House of Fashion in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Give them a call, 225-361-0016, or send them an email, glamorosityfashion at yahoo.com. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. It's the best place to find the best clothes for the woman you love, Glamorosity House of Fashion. Wow, it's really coming together. Yep. This way, everyone will know about all our great discounts. Safe driver, online, homeowners, more discounts than ever before. And they still get great service. Is it just me or is it getting funky in here? Get your groove on, y'all. Get you on the flip side. I'd tell him the sign's not finished, but it would just break his funky little heart. More discounts, more ways to save. Now that's progressive. Call or click today.
Young, old today, if he were alive. Um, and uh, you know, again, as I said before, he was one of those, one of the rare few who changed the world, uh, his world and, and our world through his song, his music, and uh, of course, he is greatly missed. And his legacy lives on through his children, Ziggy, and others. And um, you know, so hey, it's amazing. So happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to all who are celebrating. Um and I mentioned Rosa Parks and of course um uh yes on Monday the fourth would have been her one hundredth birthday had she been alive. And um to celebrate and commemorate her life, her legacy, uh the United States Postal Service uh rolled out its commemorative stamp with her uh likeness on it. And being good at means we we supported it. Uh, you know, Rosa was uh, a lifelong member. Um, well, I won't say lifelong member. She was a member of the African Methodist Episcopal Church at the time of her uh, boycott. And, and you know, since we're talking about myth, you know, and I've addressed this every time, uh, plenty of times. You know, Rosa was not that was not the first time she had that confrontation. Um, in fact, a year prior to. Her sitting down to that event in in 1955, a year prior to that, uh, you know she 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 attempted to do it, and uh, had the same same had you know a little altercation with the same bus driver, um, but she wasn't the first one who refused to give up her seat. The first one was actually uh, a young teenager and um, one name Claudette Colvin. I want to say something like that. Uh, Claudette actually. Uh, was really the impetus for the the movement, but they didn't go with her because one she was uh, she was a teenager, and the lifestyle at the time, uh, you know, she was pregnant. She had, she was pregnant, and so they didn't think it would be good image wise for her to be the face of the movement. And Rosa Parks, being an older lady. Working later, hard working later, lady, a member of the NAACP, uh, uh, you know, uh, and in fact, she was, you know, she was very politically engaged and active along with her husband at the time. Um, uh, at, not at the time, but uh, her husband was, and so she was engaged. She was a little, little bit on the militant side, too. Uh, a lot of folks don't realize, you know, we have this this nice little quiet Rosa Parks, and I, when I said earlier, you know how they cleaned up the image, but she was—I mean, she was she was militant. She was armed. She kept guns. She kept all of that. You know, she was ready if it was necessary. She she was like Malcolm. She was ready. But you know, uh, and, and they don't want us to really see her as that because, again, you know, we we got to clean up the image. Black history. Was clean, you know, the civil rights movement was a clean, non-violent movie. No, don't forget about Stokely Carmichael. Don't forget about the Black Panthers. Don't forget about them because they are very much a part of that movement, as you know the others were. And, and Dr. King, 
and I say this, you know, Dr. King was a Republican, and he probably be a, a little moderate Republican today. He probably, you know, be in support of a lot of the things that uh, moderate Republicans are, are supporting. Immigration, probably. Uh, I don't know where he'd be on the on the same sex, uh, gen, you know, same sex marriage issue. I, I'm not even going to try to attempt to speculate that. Um, because he was a man of compassion, being a pastor, uh, I, I, you know, I, I could only assume that you know he would say what's the best for the humanity. Uh, but again, I'd be, I would be um, inducing too much. There's too much inductive uh, inference in there in that statement. So, but, but he was conservative, and, he, and but you know, um, in being the, in being conservative again, again, he was outspoken about the war, which probably would have led to other, you know, aside from the marching. And aside from the protests, his speaking about the his his outspoken speech about the war and about the government caused a rift, really, you know, because a lot of the black folk didn't care about the government. They they just wanted the rights, and they didn't want him talking. You know, a lot of people didn't want him coming to their town and all that thing. Uh, and how I how I, I don't know how I'm connecting these two, but but uh, you know, Rosa Rosa Parks did her thing. She stayed politically active and engaged throughout her life uh till she was no longer able to and we are benefiting from that to this day. So if you have not if you have not purchased a stamp or a book of stamps with her likeness, uh do so. Yeah, you know, just just do so. It's a wonderful way to commemorate one of the things she did. But in again in, in doing so, but we we also need to remember that uh, you know Somebody else uh, went before her, the young lady. And, and you know, when I think when I think about that, when I when I think about that, I I, I have to wonder sometimes, you know, why I keep saying, you know, I have to wonder if we are doing ourselves an injustice sometimes um, when we choose to. Look, the reality of our system, the construct of our situation. When we, if we were to look through the eyes of a civil rights leader, a civil rights movement now, uh, I, I don't think we would really be content. I don't. I, I, I think we still be have a, that sense. I, I think there'd be that righteous a- anger. I, I still think that would be there because. Uh, although we've come a long way, we have rights. I, I think there will still be this great sense of injustice. I go back to I, I, I go back to, for example, let's let's go back to when I talked about Ray Lewis and the two young men who were killed. They were black. Uh, well, one was actually I, I think one was uh, I'm not sure. I, well, they were both. Yeah, they were both black. I think it was one was just fair skinned but. Uh, I, I could be incorrect if I'm wrong. I'm I'm wrong, you know. But think about it. Their deaths have not been solved yet. Their murders have not been solved yet. Okay. And to me, to me, it it would bring up that. Think about the thousands of young black men and young black women who have lost their lives to the violence. That we have created black on black crime. I want to talk about black on black crime, and when we think about those 
thousands, and I, I mean, you know, it's possibly up at hundreds of thousands of young black lives that have been lost to violence inflicted upon ourselves. I, I think there would be a, a, a righteous indignation. I really do. I don't think that uh, if, 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 if we, you know, look at through the lens and through the eyes of the civil rights movement, then I think we would be marching and protesting uh, our, our, the federal government, not for stricter gun laws, because think about it. Think about it. What happened when they, they – they, what happened with prohibition? You know, they put in the law against – for prohibition. When they made that amendment, what happened? Violence increased, especially in the major cities of Chicago and New York. You know, violent, gang violence increased. Our kids having – you know, they, they don't have – they, they they go around gun laws to get guns and assault weapons. Putting a ban on assault weapons will not stop our black kids from getting them. Don't ask me how they get them, but they get them. I mean, what? <laughs> I, I, let, let, let me put it in perspective, okay? Think about just 20 years ago in Rwanda and the genocide that was happening between the two clans in that in that region. And think about the children who were drafted into armies forced to fight because of that. And the uh, same thing in Liberia, same thing in the Congo, same thing in all these other uh, Sudan, think uh, especially Sudan. Think about the children who become pirates in Sudan. You know, they captured this teenager uh, a few years ago. You know when the uh, pirates at the time when they were went off the coast of South, what is now South Sudan, and, and you know they were they were getting these you know they were hijacking these ships and you know, all this stuff and they were catching these these kids and but these kids were these kids were carrying uh, they weren't carrying pistols they weren't carrying little Glocks they were carrying uh, military grade weapons. And here in the States, our kids are doing the same thing. These kids are fascinated. And you can't play in the video games. You can't play. I mean, think about it. What they see on the street, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. But what grieves me is that, you know, we're rallying behind. And I, I want to commend the black pastors who are, who are rallying and, and putting on the conscience of black Americans in their cities and in their communities, in their states, the need for uh, uh, gun regulation, I guess you can say. Uh, but think about, you know, I think about when I was growing up in the, in the uh, late 80s, and as a coming of age, it's a teenager in the late 80s and the early 90s, when the Bloods and the Crips, and especially in um, in California, Compton, California, Watts, Long Beach, and when they came out with the film banging in Little Rock, I've had you know I've been to that place. I've been to those 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 communities where those gangs battled it out. Hundreds of young men and and innocent people were killed. I met the gang leader and I see how he's how God has saved his life, transformed his life, and you know he was able to do the documentary. And here now, you know, twenty years later, he's a leader in the community. But the violence still persists. Violence persists. And think about in the smaller in the smaller communities, you know, 
when it weaned out in the larger communities such as Los Angeles, as the Los Angeles area, the New York area, Chicago area, where it, you know, I think about New Orleans. Compared to those cities, New Orleans is you know is small, but we have one in uh, Newark, New Jersey, uh, one of the highest crime rates, violence, death, murder. You think gun laws is going to stop that? No, gun laws is not going to stop that because the kid, the, you know, it doesn't affect. Gun laws affect law-abiding citizens. You know, these kids who get these guns in the black communities, they they they, they try. They 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 got the mindset that they cannot be law-abiding. They have to fend for themselves, and you know that myth that that consciousness. Would have worked a hundred years ago. It would have worked because in the midst of Jim Crow segregation, yeah, we had to have that consciousness. A hundred and fifty years ago, it would have worked. We had to be on guard. We had to be on alert. We had to have that mindset. But it doesn't work now. It doesn't work now. And but these kids are buying into that consciousness, that thought pattern that they have to, you know, fend for themselves. They have to hold their ground, and the only way to do that to show how strong they are, the tough they are, is to carry a gun and to massacre someone with that weapon of destruction. And until we change the, uh, uh, until we get the boldness and the audacity to challenge the consciousness, that that conscious thought for these kids and these adults as well until we get that you know we're going to see we're going to continue to have that but i think about it now when 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 you talk about when we when we look at our history we we know that we were an oppressed people but in reality you know we weren't as oppressed mentally as we are today we had a sense of identity, and, and you know it was a loose sense, and it's even looser now. We had at least it was a more centered sense of identity uh, during the civil rights movement and during slavery. We had a, a, a greater sense of identity. Now it's a looser sense because we can't even decide what black is. You know, you're watching Soledad O'Brien and every show. You know, she's doing the show. What is black? You know, what is really black? What is defined as black? You know what makes a person black, and you know that was that was this centered idea fifty, sixty, seventy years ago. What was black? That was that you know there was no if ands or but. Even with the one eighth law of the uh, the nineteenth century, you know seventeenth and nineteenth century, eighteenth uh, and nineteenth centuries, where you know if you were one eighth black, your father one eighth black, you know you were. Black. That was enough. Plessy, uh, who made that that initial lawsuit. Well, he could pass for white, but because of that one eighth thing, you know, because of the what was called octa something, uh, really big in New Orleans because you had a lot of these madams who ran the brothels. They were, you know, they could pass for white, but they because of the one eighth in them, they were black. Plessy was black, and he filed. The lawsuit that became Plessy versus Ferguson, I think that was it is. I, y'all, y'all know, y'all do research, but nonetheless, nonetheless, um, uh, what what amazes me is that the mentality that we have, while it 
worked then, it is not working now, and we've got to confront it. We have to own up to the fact that we have uh, we have uh, this bad consciousness going on, going on that is affecting not only um, not only our our mind, and but it's affecting the behavior. It's a it's affecting everything that we do, especially our young people. So the answer to it is not certainly not a uh, gun regulation. So, but hey, what do I know? Let me take a quick break. I I ranted enough, and uh, I haven't even really got into what I want to talk to. So I'm gonna take this break, and when we come back, um, we'll try to get back on task, <laughs> back on track. So we'll be back right after this. today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. show uh realized that uh, about a year ago a little over a year ago my computer crashed on me and i had lost just i thought i lost just about everything on my computer all my important files and documents but then i remembered that i had security i had my files backed up automatically by carbonite.com now here's the good thing about carbonite.com they have the same encrypted technology that is used uh for security uh e-commerce transactions all that stuff they got it right and then they house it in state of art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to their site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure 
Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. Suits today aren't like suits from yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit. Short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee you. Pastor Lorenzo Neal, Zero Today, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, again, we're glad that you joined us. You guys have, uh, you know, every week when I get a chance to do this show, I, I get a little, you know, I get excited you know, it, because I, I realize that this opportunity, you know, a lot of people don't have it. So I'm grateful and I appreciate your listening audience. So again, anytime you miss a show, we're back, it's archived all the way back to 2010. So you can catch up in archive social. Let your friends know that we're on the air. Let your friends know that the uh, catch you can download a podcast, uh, iTunes. Go down there and download, uh, listen, uh, catch up on past episodes. Anyway, so I was on a little rant today. <laughs> I was on a little rant today, and um, I didn't really get into the topics I want to talk about. And I'm going to touch on it. And I'm going to make sure that I, I do another show on this uh, on, on this topic um, with um. A black atheist. I, I I really wanted to get into that, but I I don't have the time, the sufficient time to get into it. So we'll come back on that uh, on another day, uh, sometime, uh, and, and talk about that because it really is a growing concern for for me as pastor uh, with black atheists. But anyway, so uh, we're gonna close out the show uh, with the next ten minutes or so, and and let's let's. Let me slow down for a bit for one. Let let's let's get back to this black history thing. You know, we celebrate black history only once a once a year, twenty eight days of the month. And, you know, when we put it in perspective, we try to clamp so much into so little time and in essence when you do such a thing you, you clip away from the essence of the I mean you keep the essence of the story but uh, but the the reality of the story is really lost. Up. The, you know, it loses fight. It loses the tenacity when you try to constrain uh, the story. And, and I believe honestly, that's what we've done. We 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 we've done to Black history. That's what we've done to uh, our history. And before the break, I was talking about how we had this. We have more of a collective identity. Uh, Prior to the civil rights movement and during the civil rights movement, although it was a little, little loose, looser, I guess that's a word, <laughs> a little looser during the civil rights movement because there were factions. Of course, you had the nonviolent faction and you had the violent faction and you had those black Negroes, the black Muslims who had their own thing going. 
uh, you know, the nation of Islam had their own thing going, and and, and you have to command you have to commend them for what their role in preserving uh, the power of blacks during Black History. I, I think uh, they are neglected, part, particularly today. They're neglected. You know, Farrakhan's influence is waning. Uh, and there's no there's no voice coming. There are a lot of uh, powerful voices out there. If we really listen, uh, think about uh, Bill Cosby and uh, I want to say Poison Puzan. I can't think of his name. Uh, when they wrote the book a few years ago on Black America, and they touched on some very 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 poignant hits uh, uh, topics that that we we. Know about, but we keep the and, and I, I I talk about that book breach in the family, and I I talk about the rules of the breach. You know, uh, don't don't tell. Uh, what, what is it? What is it? Um, uh, secret rules of the breach. Well, uh, don't talk, don't say, and and. and uh, this this rule is like this. Um, you know what's really going on, but you don't talk about it. And if you do talk about it, you talk about it in a way that doesn't bring up uh, negative emotions. You don't want to feel the pain that's associated with that. And then you don't say the actual event. You just... You just say uh, about you talk about the event, but you talk about patients and not in realizations. And unfortunately, that that has what has become a black history. We talk about it in generalization and not realization because we we don't. It's like opening up bad you know those bad wounds. You know, going you you don't want to open up those wounds. But unfortunately, you know you have to. You know, some scars never get healed because we never deal with them. And and I I go so far as saying that's part of the problem we're having. And, and the black church today, particularly, uh, because you know we don't want to deal with the issue of the um, how can I put it? You know, the black church was the forefront of the movement. They and think about it, the, the the night, uh, that night after Rosa Parks was arrested. Where they go? Who they get to choose? Who they who they get to lead them? They met in the church, and they got a preacher, a young preacher who happened to be uh, Martin King. They got them got him to lead them, and we we neglected that role, and because we have neglected that role. That sense of uh, identity, that that central sense of identity, now is 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 no longer as profitable, and certainly no longer as potent and powerful. Because think about um, think about uh, in 2010 there was a gathering, uh, the great gathering that we call it was a gathering of the uh, primary uh, African Methodist churches, the AME Church, the AME Zion. And the CME, Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. And they gathered in South Carolina and they made the decree for the male improvement plan, the MIP, led by our senior bishop of the AME Church, John R. Bryant. 
and 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 they put forth said we are going to be united in our efforts to reclaim the identity of the black man in the church, in the home, in the community, and all that. And maybe it's happening, maybe it isn't. I can't say. Uh, because, uh, again, there's still that disjoint, that's that disjunct that's uh, not allowing us to, to really make the conversation or, or, or have the conversation that is really necessary, really necessary to make that happen. Because it's going to bring up the wounds of the past. It's going to bring up the fact that we are, since the 1930s, we've been almost relying on the government to to make our families right. You know, while at the same time, the government has been imprisoning our black men more, more, and in greater in greater numbers than ever before, which has been leading to a greater de- uh, depreciation. Of that, so I mean, you see that disjoint there, and 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 the silence that is in the midst of that is is horrifying, terrifying, and and you know, I guess I just get worked up about it because I mean, I, I you know, you 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 want to say okay, there is no, there there is there is hope. You want to say there is hope. And you want to say there's redemption, of course. Look, we have a black president. You know, some people want to claim black. Some people don't want to claim him as black, but biracial. It depends on who you talk to. You know, to some he's interracial. You know, he's biracial. To some he's black. And it's a white folk. He just some white folk. He just he just is, and they want him out. They ready for him to get out. But in spite of all of that, when we look historically at us, how you know the accurate depiction of where we are. Is it is the depiction of where we are? Is it accurate to where we should be? And you think about it: the first blacks who came over here didn't come over here as slaves, as, as we've been made to believe. They and the other folk came over here. They came over here maybe as an indentured servant, won their freedom, stayed free. Matter of fact, the first slave owner in the state legally, the first legal slave owner in the state was a black man himself. So. Again, you know, uh, when we when we put it in that in that context, you know, where where should we be as a people? What should we be doing collectively instead of this disjunct that that is, is greatly affecting greatly affecting us? And, and I'm telling you, I'm 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 about to run out of time, but I'm, I'm gonna go over this a little bit. And, and I say this with the utmost respect for the leadership. Who brought us this far? I, I can't pinpoint because this is very again. There's a great span of leadership across this country, civil rights leaders in every city for everything that led to the first since a lot, you know, a lot of firsts. And I greatly respect that. But what I what I what I'm what I'm upset about is that same leadership that that there's a vacuum, there's a void in that leadership. Because we bought, okay, we've arrived, and then we bought into some other consciousness, and that consciousness ought to hurt us as a people collectively, and especially as a black church. Then it has to help us, and I'm only hoping that we can rectify that situation. The only way we can rectify it, of course, is is by just admitting that we are in need of the Savior, uh, you know. 
We're we're in need of the Savior. We're in need of a unifying juncture other than athletics, other than church, um, to rally us to a cause for better black people. You know, when I say better black people, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about as far as I'm talking about uh, I'm not talking about as far as um economic and everything. I'm I'm talking about the entire sphere of the black persona, the black identity. Now we need to we need to get that. We have to we have to re- get that back. And that's part of the myth that I was wanting to talk about. That's part of this myth thing that we have going on. The myth is that we don't have a singular identity. We don't have a singular uh singular strain of consciousness that we can tap into and 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 begin to function from. And I believe it's I know it's there. It took oppression to bring it about because we had oppressors who made us connect in that same stream of consciousness that made us have that same thought pattern of freedom and liberation and and, and we have we have to reconnect to that. I believe when we reconnect to that and we'll we'll get it back together. And I know it we will. I, I I'm quite confident of it. So uh, that you know, that's my little rant. My little rant uh, <laughs> for the moment. Appreciate it. But look, I I I, I know we're gonna. I, I ran over my time, so we're off the air. But uh, uh, you'll catch this in the archive version. But we're gonna come back next week, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about that. I'm gonna talk about some other things. And but I appreciate this time. Appreciate your listening voice. And uh, hey, walk in the flow. Uh, God's great gifts of love, life, and liberation for you. But until then, uh, we're out. Take care. God bless you.